The thing that you did get is you're getting data and the data is going to help you in the future to formulate your approach. As an example, if someone posts content for six months and they want to talk about three different things, they want to talk about basketball, they want to talk about ice cream, and they want to talk about marketing. And every time they talk about basketball and ice cream, they get zero engagement. But every time they talk about business, marketing, they actually get some engagement. You know your audience only cares about a bucket of content. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. Today we are going to discuss about an interesting topic, how to grow your brand, personal or business brand, how you can achieve results, how to find the way, how to do it right. My many other insights, questions, anything about storytelling, why it's must have, to grow your brand, how to stand out from the rest, and many other things. I'm so excited to discuss a lot more with Adam Rodriguez. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I set up this positive mindset every single day. Yeah, so I, I feel good. I remember I started one project because of chasing money. We found market gap and decided to fill this gap to earn a lot of money. We hired a bit a big team of experts. And after three years, when I hated Monday and loved Friday, I got it. I need to quit <laughs> and I gave up. So for me, it's not a bad idea to uh, to give up if you made the wrong choice and people, 70% of people hate their jobs. It's a lot, it's better to enjoy. And today I never take anything if I hate it, if I don't like it, if I don't understand because of money, you know, for me, money, can come if you do something special, if you love what you do, if you enjoy. And it's only one reason how you can overwork your competitors. Because you can work on Sunday evening, on Saturday night, it doesn't matter. You love what you do. Adam, before you start, just tell me about yourself, experience, background, about basketball, about your background that I like, you know, uh, someone who can listen to this podcast can see, but we see some t-shirts, basketball t-shirts, and yeah, let us know more about you. Yeah. Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to make your virtual acquaintance. My name is Adam Rodericks. I'm a social media practitioner out of Toronto, Canada. I'm also the author of a best-selling book here called Trigger Fingers, Personal Branding Through Storytelling. And a few months ago, I dropped my first ever TEDx talk. It was all about how to build trust online. And I'm, I'm so grateful that it went to number nine in the world for the month of August when it dropped. So been busy with a few different things and excited to talk about them today. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I, I want to ask about this uh, uh, did uh, X talk, yeah? Uh, am I right yeah. about that? You know, uh, it's interesting. I spoke with one an expert, a good expert, and I asked about uh, her failure uh, because you know, in our podcast, we can share success and failure, uh, and it's part of the process. Uh, you can't avoid mistakes. It's part of the uh, process to find what actually will work, what doesn't. So, and uh, I asked about her failing, and she replied to me, uh, "The biggest failure." to take part on this uh, talk, uh, TED. Uh, and uh, I, I ask why, because you can grow your brand, you can get um, a lot of insights. And uh, uh, her reply was like, um, it's not uh, something that can bring 
something for her. I mean, like, uh, she spent uh, so much time, resources, instead of doing things that will bring a lot more. And uh, she didn't get new customers. She didn't get some recognition. Oh, sorry for my dogs. They usually take no, no problem. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, I know uh, that can work well for many experts. We know them. Uh, and... Uh, but I got another side of this coin. Uh, it doesn't work for someone. Um, it's everywhere. Can you tell uh, if um, anyone wants to take part on this? Because it takes time to prepare the last. Yes. Uh, it's more well preparation. You need to find time to uh, prepare the right speech, to share something new, valuable, bring uh, valuable insights for this world and to win this brand recognition. Can you tell how you did it? Yes, I mean, I don't think your other expert was wrong. It's a lot of work. It was, for me, about six months from when you apply to do your first TEDx talk and then you go into, Anatoly, what I can only describe as rigorous training. You're rehearsing a lot, a lot, and that's to make sure that you're complying to that TED format where you don't have notes, you don't have a teleprompter up there. This is you. It's, it really hinges on memorization but impactful delivery. It's a lot of work, and I think that you know, your, your previous expert really hit the nail on the head because a lot of them do fall flat. You don't notice these today. We look at the TEDx channel, for example, and we see 40 million subscribers. We think, wow, if I get on this channel, I'm going to be successful, right? The fact of the matter is every single day they're uploading, uploading new videos every single day. Yeah. So when you're amidst that many new videos, your time in that spotlight on a major platform, it's not that much. So you see the vast majority of TEDx that get uploaded Unfortunately, they end with just, you know, a few tens to hundreds of views as opposed to what many of us envisioned when we started doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it, got it. Uh, okay, Adam, let's start with uh, choosing the right channels for uh, growing your brand. And uh, yeah. let me share uh, my story. For example, I decided to grow uh, all my social media accounts in 2020. Uh, I ignored this channel. Uh, we created a few projects, uh, good businesses, but uh, to extend, uh, I decided to get more recognition and I posted content everywhere on Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, Instagram, everywhere, you know, and uh, uh, my best results were like five, ten followers a day, uh, a few hundred views, nothing special. Then I switch all my attention to LinkedIn alone. I ignore other channels. Even I didn't repurpose content because it, uh, it doesn't take a lot of time, like five, 10 minutes, but you can uh, save this time to engage with the audience on LinkedIn or uh, any other social media uh, where you like to spend time. And um, I got great results um, because of focusing, because of choosing one social media. And I learned about, for example, Charlie D'Amelio. She grew on TikTok. Then when she uh, had resources uh, to uh, extend to other channels like YouTube, Instagram, the same Mr. Beast. Yeah, he, he got great results on YouTube. Then we've extended resources. Uh, she got uh, TikTok, uh, Twitter, everywhere. And uh, I see when people can listen to Gary Vee. He, he's great. Gary Vaynerchuk, he, he's great. I love this guy. But he uh, always uh, sh uh, shares that you need to be everywhere to create mm. content for all social media. Uh, I'm pretty sure Gary is great. You know, he, he knows how to do it right. But he started on Twitter. He started on Facebook. Uh, and uh, he mentioned that uh, he uh, commented uh, 
content on Twitter from uh, 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. for uh, seven years. So, uh, of course, when he had the team to repurpose, uh, to win this recognition, can you tell how to choose the right channel and when it's time to grow to other channels? <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to say when you're going against the Charlie D'Amelios and the Mr. Beasts of the world, but I actually prefer your approach. I prefer that you honed in and it doesn't have to be LinkedIn, but my biggest advice for somebody who's just starting out or maybe just trying to refine and get more return out of their social media activity, their presence on the platform is do fewer things well. Too many people take the Gary B advice, which is be everywhere to everyone. And if you're not a social media native, if you don't love this stuff, that is a full-time job. That is a full-time job. And what you're going to find is that many of these platforms have diminishing returns. And so you're, you're not going to see the ROI. And if you're not going to see the ROI, guess what? You're not going to make a habit. You're going to stop using them. It's going to be exhausting for you. So I prefer if you focus on a few things and do them well. As an example, I was working with an artist a few uh, months ago. She had a beautiful portfolio. That visual portfolio belongs on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? It's not that it can't be successful on another platform, but Instagram is visual based, right? So that it was a natural marrying of her art and the platform and its functionality. So we started with Instagram and then you start to see what you called, I love it, the Charlie D'Amelio effect. Once you hit critical mass, yes. Do you think that Charlie's going to hit 10 million followers on TikTok and nothing's going to happen to her Instagram? Of course, there's going to be spill, right? So that does happen once you find success. But in the early days, focus on doing fewer things and doing them really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I want to ask about patience because yeah. it takes time. Uh, yeah. And for example, Mr. Beast, uh, he spent like seven years to buy the first camera. <laughs> so he created content on YouTube, but for seven years he didn't uh, have the camera. Today, I don't know his tech, but uh, according to data, over a billion dollars. But yeah, and uh, he uh, has this patience to create content, uh, to learn, to uh, to improve a little bit. And he mentioned that it's important to film a hundred bad videos. So when you film a hundred bad videos, you can acquire experience uh, and improve a little bit step by step. I, I like this approach. I, I love it, but I see when people lose patience. And uh, I research why people lose patience. Uh, according to data, uh, most podcasters don't record more than eight episodes of podcasts because they can't get results in the first seven episodes. I have no idea how to do it. So <laughs> I recorded plus 700 episodes in order to figure out <laughs> something. <laughs> and uh, um, I think it takes time. And why people lose patience? Because they choose social media where they don't like to spend time. For example, you know, um, if you ask me to create content on Instagram, I can fail because it's not my life in social media. My wife can beat me in one side. About TikTok, my son loves TikTok. He can create content on TikTok, YouTube Shorts. He loves this format, you know, and he enjoys to spend time. Uh, and I think it's important to love social media. Uh, not only, okay, it's important to know you, if you have your audience on this social media or not, but you need to enjoy the process. Uh, because people burn out, uh, they can uh, give up because uh, nobody cares about their content. If nobody cared about Mr. Beast for, for a long time, so uh, but he learned how to win this attention. Can you tell about uh, choosing social media where you love, uh, I don't know, to spend time, enjoy time uh, to win? 
this recognition. Yeah, absolutely. I, I go back to your comment on patience and I think about the progress that you have. So Mr. Beast used the example of I have to do 100 videos. For anybody out there who's struggling, who maybe doesn't see the returns just yet, go back to the first video, podcast, blog, whatever you're doing, go back to the very first one. Look at your writing, look at your speaking, look at how good the quality of the experience was and then go to the number 10, number 20, 30, 50. You'll see progress there. That is progress, right? And sure, I think a lot of people, they lose patience because the viewers don't come right away. The brand partnerships don't come right away. You don't get that prominence that you were hoping for, right? You're not going to be number one on uh, you know, Apple or Spotify, but that takes time. That's brand building. That's audience building. When you are honing your craft, you don't realize the little details, the little improvements that you're making every single day. But if you go back and you do something polarizing, like looking at your very first one, you go, wow, I've grown so much. So for anybody who's on this journey, be kind to yourself, but also feel free at any point to move that yardstick back. Take a look at where you were and look at how far you've come. Nice, nice. And once I got the message from Bridget Heisen, she uh, has plus 4 million followers on LinkedIn. She's well-known expert, uh, bestseller on Amazon uh, about uh, hiring, about making your, uh, your employees happy. And she's great. And she asked me for advice. What's going on with LinkedIn algorithms? Uh, she lost some uh, engagement. And I was surprised. Uh, this big influencer uh, doesn't know a lot about algorithms. And uh, uh, I think uh, the main reason today it's not good time to recognize this algorithm. Uh, AI can do this job uh, and algorithms serve human beings. You need to bring something new, valuable. Uh, can you tell uh, about uh, your methods? How to find content that it's better to create? And do you learn specifically about algorithms that can help to bring uh, engagement? Yeah, and I've had the same experience, Anatoly, with um, you know a lot of mega influencers who don't know much about algorithms. And you think about it, these people are a business. They're focused on the core craft of their business, which is sometimes being a personality and doing the thing as opposed to learning what's happening behind the engine that is Instagram or Facebook, meta at large. So that's a very common thing that I've encountered too. For me, it really goes down to setting up my newsfeed for success. So I'm very, very hypercritical about those who I follow and those who I allow onto my feed because that is the number one source that I'm going to have for engagement. I'm not necessarily necessarily someone who is going to post just for content's sake. I'm not just only uh, fo folks, uh, focused on um, frequency. What I like to do is actually engage through conversation. To me, that is the most authentic extension of my brand. So if you're on my feeds, if you're someone I follow, if we have a connection or even better a relationship, I do want to go one step deeper with you. And the best way for me to do that and to nurture that relationship is to ensure that I'm already connected with you and that my news feeds, my follows on every single platform is made up of quality individuals who post quality content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Adam, uh, I'm curious about this quality content. You mentioned quality content, but can you describe what quality means? You know, because I have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah. So let me just break it down. So I'll break it down in terms of a formulated exp uh, expression. Okay. So three factors that determine quality content. Number one, adding value. How do you determine adding value? You ask yourself two questions before you hit enter on any social media platform. And this is platform agnostic advice. So you can use it on Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, whatever. Why would I care? Why would I share? Why would I care? And why would I share? That's number one. That's how you add value. Number two, tell people what you want them to do. 
When you include a click-through direction, you see people take it up to 50% more. So you have to say, click here, register more, attend my webcast, listen to the podcast, listen to Unmiss, right? When you tell people to do this, more people actually do it. And the last bit, make it stand out. My favorite way to make something stand out right now is video. It's crazy, but two thirds of all content created on the internet is now video. YouTube has become the second largest search engine. We are consuming video. It is the way that we as consumers have voted that we want to receive information. And now brands, podcasts, consumers, influencers, we're all responding in kind. Nice, nice. Uh, you mentioned about video content. Um, it's interesting. Uh, some experts, uh, well-known experts on LinkedIn told me they never film any video content. And uh, I respect. I, I think it's a good idea. And I see when people... Uh, chase best practices for example best practices can tell video content brings more engagement but if you're not good with that right <laughs> you can write you can uh like seth godin like uh stephen king these guys don't care about video content but they can write text that people want to read and uh, uh can you tell about for example if someone doesn't know where to start to write to film to record so uh how to figure out <laughs> this way <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I, I go back to your comment too. And I'd say, you know, probably your LinkedIn expert isn't loving video because LinkedIn as a platform is not good at video. They are the laggard in social media. They were the, sh the last to get expiring stories in terms of content that way. Most of their video on page metrics when you publish something are not nearly as good as they would be if you had published that same content to an Instagram or a Facebook. So I don't blame that expert for saying video wasn't working for them. Uh, for me, I do think that video has been really critical, but if we take it one step back and you're at the point where you're trying to determine what should I post in terms of format, your content should dictate that. As an example, uh, I've worked with doctors before who have very verbose platforms. They have very, very long pieces of uh, content that they're trying to uh, publish. That may be arduous for them to use in, say, uh, a video, right? They can't necessarily succinctly get their point across. So for them, it's about long-term blogs or an hour podcast that enables them to go one step deeper, have a conversation that's engaging, or because many of their peers listen and read because they've heard dissertations and defended thesis before, that's something that's familiar. So for you know anything medical in nature, long-form content like blogs, maybe stay away from video. I talked about the artist, right? A very visual portfolio that's going to lead itself to Instagram. All this to say... Video can be a great tool, but only if it matches your content mix. If it doesn't match your content, that's okay. Which Anatoly reminds me, if there's anything that your listeners hear me say that just, you know, gives them apprehension or they don't want to do it, don't do it. The only <laughs> brand that's worth building is an authentic one. Yeah, nice, nice. Love it, love it. Um, I want to share a story um, yeah. from a, a great book offer. And she mentioned that she got a letter from another book offer, but... Uh, uh this offer couldn't get recognition uh and he spent so much time to write books uh, uh, and uh, nobody cares about these books he wasted a lot of resources time and he suffered he suffered because he couldn't sell these books and uh, he asked for advice she replied to him leave it leave it it's not for you if you suffer then leave it. Uh, probably writing is not uh, what you love, what you enjoy. Uh, and uh, uh, I like this advice. I like, I think, uh, for example, people are watching TV six hours a day. 
six hours a day. They are not waiting when someone will pay money for their hobbies. They pay for uh, these uh, hobbies. And uh, it's the same, for example, I play basketball. I can't beat uh, great basketball players. Uh, even some kids uh, on the street who play a lot more than me, uh, like a few times uh, a week, I usually play one, two times, uh, not a lot. And they can beat me in one side. So, But uh, it doesn't stop me. I, I, I keep playing. Uh, and uh, I didn't get any money. Like Michael Jordan earned like uh, $3 billion. But I earned only... Uh, a few surgery on my legs, you know, so <laughs> nothing special. But I love it. I love it. I don't care. Uh, of course, it will be great if someone will pay money for my hobbies. But uh, I understand uh, my job is another hobby. I can earn money. And um, uh, can you tell about uh, this uh, uh, format? I mean, like, uh, I often get the question, uh, what to do if you post content and nobody cares? You can't get likes, comments almost nothing but you need to be patient to keep going ahead uh, and people give up can you give advice for these people what to do absolutely so i think it's a misconception first of all so a lot of people say i posted and i got nothing you didn't actually get nothing and you may be looking at that and saying adam i got zero likes zero retweets zero shares what do you mean i didn't get nothing the, the thing that you did get is you're getting data and the data is going to help you in the future to formulate your approach as an example if someone posts content for six months and they want to talk about three different things, they want to talk about basketball, they want to talk about ice cream, and they want to talk about marketing. And every time they talk about basketball and ice cream, they get zero engagement. But every time they talk about business, marketing, they actually get some engagement. You know your audience only cares about that bucket of content. So after that six month period, you need to rejig your content mix and you make sure that you are posting far more business or marketing content as opposed to the basketball and ice cream. So even mm -hmm. when you're getting nothing, you're actually getting something because there's a yeah. narrative in our numbers. Make sure you look at the analytics. It will inform your future uh, content strategy. Of course, of course. You acquire experience. Experience is more important. For example, when I started my uh, freelance journey, um, I couldn't ask for good money. I couldn't because I didn't deserve <laughs> how I can ask uh, a lot of money if I didn't deserve. But when uh, I, I started to give these free uh, tips uh, to others, uh, I took uh, projects for nothing. You know, uh, I remember my first payment like $200, but I spent so much time on this project, you know, but I acquired experience. Uh, and when you have this experience, you can ask more. When you deserve, when you can build trust, experience, yeah, you can ask more. So, yeah, you need to have this patience. And uh, starting with nothing, it's okay because you acquire experience. Experience costs a lot more than uh, anything else, you know. And, Adam, um, I want to uh, share another story uh, about uh, Lloyd Richards. He published a book uh, 11 years ago, but he spent more than a decade to write this book. Uh, if I remember correctly, like, or 12 or 14 years, uh, many wow. years, you know, to write a single book. But he couldn't sell this book. Nobody cared about this book. Uh, and uh, he spent some resources with marketing, sales, but nothing back. Then his daughter posted content on TikTok from account with zero followers. Uh, this video became viral. 
plus 50 million people watch this video, including one view from me, because I, I want to know how to get 50 million views, you know. Uh, and uh, today this, uh, this book is bestseller on Amazon. And uh, I watched this video. When I watched this video, I got it. It's not like nice looking design, nothing special, but it's a short story, less than a minute, uh, that provokes curiosity. I'm interested, what kind of book is this if author spent uh, more than a decade to write this book? Yeah, I was curious. And I think uh, that is why this uh, book is bestseller on Amazon. But uh, I'm pretty sure that this book is great. It's not my format, but uh, uh, because uh, you can't become bestseller to write a, sh a shitty book, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, marketing can't help you. But at that time, uh, this, this book works well, uh, sells well, uh, get recognition and marketing and sales uh, couldn't help. But this video uh, helped a lot. Can you tell about viral video? I understand, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I often get this question, how to uh, become viral. I have no idea how to do it. But if you are consistent, you can. Uh, and can you tell your tips how to do it, right? Yeah, I'm the uh, top social media strategist in Canada, and I have no idea either. It's just, <laughs> it's difficult. Um, I also don't think that it's necessarily formulaic or everyone would do it. Um, there are many different intangibles when it comes to virality uh one of which that i think is just so difficult to get right is timing you know that video that maybe enjoyed 50 million views had it been posted at a different time or even a different day could fall flat and that's that's just one of many different factors we talk about the importance of algorithms we don't make reference to the fact that an algorithm is comprised of several different data points right an algorithm many has many different factors in it that are unbeknownst to the general public. Like we've got some of these platforms that play them very, very close to the chest. So if it was that easy to game going viral, all of those factors would be known and we'd be able to essentially practice to address every one of them. That is not the world we live in, yeah. right? So I think what that video did well was increasing the discoverability, right? And then also just being a very good attention seeking and, and grabbing piece of content as you said your curiosity being peaked in under a minute so the format was good the platform was right because zero followers is not a barrier to going viral on TikTok. zero zero followers may be more of a barrier to going viral on other platforms as we probably see right so great use of platform great use of quality content because it was you know something that piqued your interest and then sometimes it really is just that je ne sais quoi of right place right time right people seeing it at that groundswell to ensure that it just goes through the roof. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, Adam, let's talk about consistency. You know, uh, I see when people confuse consistency and frequency. And um, and I cooperate with many busy people. Uh, and even me, uh, I remember when I spent like uh, 12 hours a day to comment a lot, on, to engage with others on LinkedIn. Today, I can't allow this time because I need to handle, manage many other things. Uh, sometimes I even ignore uh, completely because uh, of other priorities. But And uh, I think it depends. Uh, if you uh, have uh, other priorities, then jump on that. Uh, that's okay. So you need to choose what actually will work for you. But anyway, I want to ask about consistency. If you want to grow uh, uh, for busy people, can you advice what to do or probably you can measure time like a few hours a day one hour two hours four hours i, I don't know a, a, any tips about that yeah i think whatever you're going to do consistency is more important than frequency mm -hmm. 
So if you're consistently engaging, if you're making it a habit to log into these platforms and engage, even if that's not publishing content, but you're responding to messages, I can't tell you how many people have been so focused, so fixated on, on publishing, but they don't even look at those warm leads that they have in their inbox right now, the people that they actually did grab and they should be trying to convert, the people they should be moving down their, their funnel. So to me, it's not posting is the be all and end all. It's far from it. Uh, I actually have now graduated to a strategy where I only really publish, especially on LinkedIn, when I have something to say. Um, but I've enjoyed uh, getting to that point, right? I think early on, it is more about consistently making my presence known because getting my followers up, getting my audience base up was really critical. Now I'm at a place where, okay, it is more so about nurturing my connections because I'm using that philosophy that most quality leads are actually coming from inside my network than outside. So it is more important to me to nurture those uh, networks of connections. But everyone's journey with the the funnel and and what they need to do for their specific business strategy, it's going to be different. What I would say, again, as I come back to data, your analytics are going to house the answer. You're going to see exactly where you are running up against a wall, where things are stopping. Is it at the very top of funnel where you have a problem with awareness? Not enough people know about you. Is it further down where people maybe know about you, but they're not interested, so they're not considering your business? Or is it at the very bottom where you are simply not converting? You are doing everything right. You are getting them to come to your website. They're engaging with you on social. They're watching your videos. But when it comes time to click buy or click subscribe or come to an event, that's where you're losing them. That answer is in your data. And you need to essentially look at that, isolate it, and then start to use more tactics at your specific stage of funnel where you're having issues. Yeah, nice, nice. And uh, one more thing about... Uh quality and quantity. Uh, uh, for example, um, I remember when Gary Vaynerchuk said uh, uh, you need to bring quantity than quality. Uh, and uh, in most cases, uh, marketers can tell, no, quality is more important. Um, it, it's a tricky because we can measure the quality, it's subjective. But anyway, um, you know, uh, I think it's tough to bring quality without quantity. So yeah. when you have experience with quantity to uh, create a lot of content, uh, even sometimes useless content, but you can acquire experience to know what kind of quality uh, you can bring. So can you tell about, uh, for example, for beginners who want to start growing projects? And I know some companies that have a lot of revenue, great revenue, plus 10 million, and they're not good with social media, want to extend to this format, but they don't know where to start. I usually tell them, Forget about quality, think about quantity, just uh, in the case to acquire experience. Can you tell more about that? Yes, I think of it as a seesaw, right? Uh, to illustrate this, if you have all quality, no quantity, you probably publish nothing ever because you were a perfectionist and nothing was ever good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so all quality doesn't make sense. If we go to the other side and you're all quantity, no quality, it's rubbish and no one's going to find any value in it. We talked about the formula. If you don't make clear your value, no one's going to like it anyways. So you can't be at either extremes of the seesaw. You need to be on that spectrum somewhere near the middle. That sweet spot is different for every brand, for every sector, for every influencer, for every business. So there isn't one number, but I would say for people, what you want to do, especially if you're starting out, what is sustainable for you? What can you create that is of a decent quality at a good clip so your frequency, your consistency is there so that you can keep the lights on and so that you can actually drive more of whatever your objective is on these platforms? If you're doing too much and you're burning out, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to jump off. If you're doing too little, you're not going to see results. So don't go to be on either side of the seesaw. You almost want to be somewhere in between. You're not playing the game. You're trying to own the game. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, once I listened to podcast with uh, an expert who 
who earns like six uh, figures uh, to optimize LinkedIn profiles, nothing else. He wow. uh, can't help with uh, creating content. Uh, he can't help with anything else, just optimize profiles. And uh, one of his clients uh, was uh, Tony Robbins. So uh, he got great clients, you know, well-known. And uh, I learned uh, some of his um, profiles uh, that he shared. And what I found, uh, these profiles are not selfish. He brings uh, uh, profiles, I mean, like uh, how... Uh, these people, owners can help others to support them. Uh, but I see many profiles are selfish. I'm great, you know. Uh, I'm an expert guru. You need to cooperate with me because uh, I know something. But I can't see the same uh, on Neil Patel, Rand Fishkin, many other profiles, Tony Robbins, Gary Vee. Um, yeah, they share their rewards, uh, some uh, achievements, but they usually tell how they can help others. Can I tell about uh, creating this profile? I mean, like, how to bring this information uh, that uh, highlights your support and help? I think you nailed it. And it's not just profiles. It's outreach, too. So yeah. many people send messages that talk about, I'm so great. Yeah. I need help. I Instead, what if we were to change our outreach and our positioning on our profiles to talk about what value we bring to you? That's a really interesting way to think about. So for those of you who are maybe looking at updating your profiles, your websites, your about me's, your missions, your, your outreach, can you think about instead reframing this as what is the value that I bring to your network? I'll give an example really quickly. I had a student uh, who was telling me, listen, I've been reaching out to recruiters. I'm having no luck. I said, let me see the messages. And the messages were all, I would like to have a coffee shop because I would like to get a job at your company. And I think I'd be perfect for this open position, which I applied to. Now that recruiter probably gets that specific message 100 times a day. Wouldn't you agree, Anatoly? Yeah. That's, that's not, yeah. nothing specific, right? Instead, I had the student reframe this in terms of, I think your business has two major problems resonating with my Generation Z audience. I would love to tell you what these two problems are if you yeah. have five minutes. That recruiter actually responded and said, okay, I'm intrigued because I'm not actually getting a ton of young people on the website. What is it that you think is the problem? And then they all of a sudden, they're having a dialogue. They're getting a response. They've already got a meeting because they said they could help. So can you come from this helpful place? And it's not because it's to be a tactic, right? You're not trying to do something to deceive someone. You genuinely should be trying to help these people. But you have to think about when you're self-serving, how many other people on the internet are trying that approach and not getting anywhere? Change the approach. Nice. Yeah, love it, love it. I, I couldn't agree more. And Dale Carnegie wrote a book uh, many years ago. You know, How to win friends and influence people? Yeah, it's a must-have for anyone. If you want to grow on social media, Dale Carnegie didn't have social media at the time, but he nailed. Human uh, are the same. Nothing changed. Technologies can change, but humans are the same. And everyone uh, thinks about I don't know, their problems. Uh, they don't care how you are great. You know, they want to become great. You need to help them, you know, in their journey. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Love it. And Adam, uh, I want to ask about mistakes. I think it's part of the process to make mistakes. And I remember uh, when I started PR, uh, we paid like $6,000 to write one press release, to pitch them, uh, to the right journalists. Uh, and, uh, but we needed, 12 press releases a week, $72,000. It's a lot. And uh, that was tough to allow. And what I did, I wrote a bunch of press releases. 
I don't remember the number, probably a hundred. Uh, I pitch all of them. I got zero mentions, zero results, nothing. But I learned how it works. Then I explained to our experts who can uh, post content on our blogs. Uh, most of them can post content on Forbes, Investopedia, big websites. Uh, and um, I explained, look at, uh, you create evergreen content, but press releases is quite different. You need to share about trending topics to bring uh, your expert opinion to add bullet points. And uh, we played like six months with them to craft this message. Uh, and then we got mentions on CNN, Bloomberg, Business Insider, MSN, Yahoo Finance, Comdesk, uh, Investing.com, big websites, real big websites. And today we have better results if we pay to PR agency to save plus $3 million, good money. And I started with failure, complete failure, failing everything. Everything what I did was failure. But I acquired this experience. I want to ask about mistakes that you can see people still do uh, from your experience and uh, mistakes that they can avoid before doing them. Yeah, a lot of mistakes out there. And I also think that, you know, failure is not the opposite of success in, in terms of brand building online. Failure is a necessary stepping stone. It is a subset of success. So in your experience with the press releases, you spent that money and it didn't go anywhere, but you amassed the skills to learn what a, what a press release looks like if you were to write one yourself. And I think that is, you know, maybe a $72,000, very expensive PR course, but it's a lesson you'll never, uh, you'll never forget, right? Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of people right now, they are still making the mistake of thinking that these platforms online, social media is free because I can make an account on Twitter or X, Facebook. It is not free. These are pay-to-play environments now by virtue of everyone having a voice on the platform. We have hit critical mass. There are too many people with pushing too many uh, content pieces, too many salespeople. And essentially what you're finding as a result of that is that on LinkedIn, for example, you've got sales professionals who are using the platform as the equivalent of the sales call, the cold call in the 21st century. So you something's got to give. This is where your targeting comes in. This is where sponsored posts and ads come in. It absolutely is a pay-to-play environment. So if you have only been doing something organic and you haven't seen returns, that might be one of the mistakes that you're making is that you're assuming social media is where it was 15 years ago in its infancy when instead everybody's got a microphone. You know, Anatoly, the worst thing about social media and the best thing about social media, it's the exact same thing. The best thing, it gave everybody a microphone. The worst thing, it gave everybody a microphone. Yeah. And now that's the world that we live in. Yeah, nice, nice. Love it, love it. Um, I want to ask about your strong side. You know, today, probably a million people who can help to grow your brand, to uh, teach how to write stories, a million of them. I spoke with many great experts. And I know everyone has their strong sides. Uh, can transfer data much better, to teach much better. Uh, and uh, according to data, companies uh, or people usually implement 40% of all recommendations. Prob no, uh, let's imagine if someone pays you 100K, uh, six, 60K can be wasted because, I don't know, many excuses, have no time, ideas, uh, other priorities. But uh, can you tell why you are better than others? I mean, like, what is your strong side and how you can simplify this experience of uh, implementation? I mean, like, uh, to, to explain what to do and, uh, I don't know, to make these actions happen. 
Yeah. I, you know, I don't respectfully, I don't know if I am better. I think I work really damn hard. I think I mm-hmm. work really hard to be good at what I do. And if somebody were to tell me that they were better, I'd, I'd believe them, but there's not going to be a point in my life where I stop trying to help people, where I stop working on my craft, where I stop working on my writing, where I stop working on my public speaking. I'll always just look at self-betterment. So uh, continuous learning is part of my journey. It doesn't make me any better than anybody else, but it sure as hell sets me apart from a lot of people thus far in my career. Nice, nice. Yeah, we are students. I, I'm student on this life. I, I love to learn, you know. Uh, I, I keep doing every single day, you know. To If you feel that you are expert, you are in trouble. You know, you have a big big trouble if you feel that you achieved everything, you know. You can't. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, we have no end on this story. Uh, Adam, um, I have the question about uh, your experience. Uh, and uh, let me clarify who will uh, get value from this question. Um, most of them founders, co-founders of companies who have a big dream to achieve results, uh, but they have no idea how it works. Um, I mean, like uh, they want to uh, touch uh, social media uh, to create brand awareness, but uh, have no experience, nothing. And uh, for example, I found I usually get great results with people who understand what I do. So if my customers understand why we need to create high quality content, what kind of content to create, uh, why it's important to think more about uh, earning trust, uh, authority, uh, about uh, technical optimization. So m- many things. We can get great results. But if someone wants to rely on expert almost everything, it, it doesn't work. For example, I don't know. Uh, let's imagine someone wants to lose weight. You need to understand why you need uh, to drink water, to train hard, to eat healthy food. Uh, you can find great experts, but you need to understand the basic foundation, then to listen to experts. So let's imagine you have a dream to create a big company, visionary company. You want to uh, beat the market to become a leader, uh, but you have no experience. It's your first day in creating uh, storytelling, in uh, growing your brand, what will you do if you do everything from scratch? Yeah, I would start out not by going, what do I need to create in terms of content? I'd start creating some objectives. Mm -hmm. I'd start figuring out what do I need to do with this presence, right? Is this presence about building brand awareness, as we said? Is it about connecting to clients and customers? Is it because we already have a great booming offline, um, you know, People know we're brilliant offline. We're trying to bring that online. What exactly is this presence supposed to accomplish? You get the objectives, you build the goals, and then tactically you can start to build content. But too many people put the cart before the horse. So they are trying to just jump in and build a voice without figuring out what exactly they're trying to articulate. And you can't figure it out as you go. This is not like some other you know, dynamic areas of marketing where you can build the plane while you're flying. And I think in social media, people follow you for a reason. You know, that person mm-hmm. who clicked that button to say connect or follow, they had very good reasons of their own at that point. And if you deviate from the value that you're giving them at that point, you're going to have a bad time. So figure that out, articulate your objectives, your goals, and let the tactics and the content strategy flow into them. So if I'm a CEO and I'm starting on day one, I'm not publishing anything. I'm sitting in the room with the people who yeah. run this company and I'm saying, okay, what do we need to do with this presence? Nice, nice. Yeah, love it, love it. And sometimes you can't allow even horse, so you can use your legs, you know, <laughs> just to go <laughs> step by step. Uh, and um, I have two questions left, very important questions for my audience. Um, and uh, about your daily routine, how you start your day, how you finish your day, how you balance between family, sport, 
uh, business, uh, your priorities. So uh, lead our audience in the right direction. Yeah. Um, so I start my day with three things every day. Uh, the first one is when I wake up, uh, you can call it prayer, but you can also call it expressing gratitude for anybody who's read Jay Shetty's Think Like a Monk. I, I start with three things every single day, unique things. So I can't have used them the day before, the day before. Three things that I'm grateful for. And when we start our day with gratitude, I'm always in that positive mindset that you talked about at the start of our call. I find that that puts me in the right yeah. framework. I then have about 500 milliliters of water before I do anything else. Uh, that's like gets me up, gets me refreshed. And then I do as a practitioner, as somebody who is an expert in my space, I do what are called my dailies. And my dailies are my uh, arounds on the internet to ensure that I have learned everything that I had, you know, from when my eyes closed or when I turned off my phone or my laptop from the day before to everything that has transpired till this point in time. So by the time I have to go and do my job, I am equipped with the latest and greatest. So that's the thing. I never want to be caught not knowing something about, especially in social where things move so quickly, right? I need yeah. to be on top of these trends. I need to be as an advisor aware of the detriment or the benefit of using certain tactics and functions. I get that by going through my dailies. My dailies are a series of websites and communities and even just chats on WhatsApp that are filled with other practitioners where we just share and try to make each other better. And that goes back to what I was saying around when you come from a place of help, people help you too. So, you know, those are my three things that I do before I even get out of bed in the morning. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. And my final question about the future. I want to ask you, take your crystal ball, let us know what kind of future will be, considering that we have AI, that uh, Apple launched this headset, augmented reality. I think when Apple can do something, uh, many companies replicate in some time, so uh, new headsets will come soon. Uh, and yeah, uh, your insights about the future and how we can adapt to this possible future. Yeah, I think augmented reality and virtual reality are still on the rise. I don't think it's a passing fad like 3D televisions with their glasses. I think that failed epically. And, you know, anybody, I feel bad if anybody's listening to this and they spent thousands of dollars on those, those sets. But uh, I do see some better use cases for augmented and virtual reality outside of gaming. Um, so one example that I've seen in real estate is using virtual reality headsets to tour a site where houses will be built, right? There's nothing there in real time, but to see and conceptualize the scope and the scale of what you will be investing in. That's a great example of where augmented and virtual reality can play a place. So I do think those are, are going to be on the rise. I do also think that we are entering an age of hyper-personalization. So ads that are customized to each and every single person. So the idea that there is so much data out there that that can really be used and harnessed by companies to sell to us on a one-to-one -one level. I think that is coming and i think we're going to see a lot more of that not just in 2024 but in the next couple of years as well nice nice awesome yeah i i'm excited about the future i think uh, whatever happens you need to adapt fast you mentioned about that uh, you need to uh, learn uh, and uh, according to data five percent of marketers lost their jobs when chat gpt appealed it's not because this tool can replace them. It's because someone who can adapt to this tool can replace them. So, yes. uh, and uh, I only grow my results with AI and I know marketers on TV and radio didn't lose their jobs. They adapted to digital. Uh, so you can adapt fast. Uh, and I remember this great example with calculator. When company created calculator, it weighed like uh, a few kilograms, like two, three kilograms, you know, <laughs> and this company earned a lot of money in the first six months. Then uh many other companies replicated this gadget uh, 
uh, with less weight, you know, and this company was bankrupt fast. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that is why Google, Apple, Amazon invest a lot to innovation. You need, we, we can't create OpenAI, we can't create uh, Amazon, Google, but we can be on the second stage to adapt to these technologies and to get results. You can become happy. Uh, you don't need these billions. You know, you can become happy with uh, what you have. Adam, it's a big pleasure. Thanks a lot for taking your, uh, for sharing this time, valuable insights. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, for sure. So if you can't find me, I guess I'm not good at this whole personal branding thing. I'm at, uh, at Adam Rodericks on everything. Uh, my website is www.adamrodericks.com for some of my upcoming speaking engagements and where I'll be on stage. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, thanks again. Love it. So valuable. You know how to share value. Uh, I follow you. I recommend to anyone to follow Adam. And it's a big mistake if you ignore it because you can see many things you can learn. It's tough to bring anything in one podcast. Uh, you need to update what you have. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.